It's Friday, which means Steve's in blue and Dawn is in pink. And Chuck Bentley's with us, more importantly, to give us some sound 2024 financial advice. Get in touch by calling or texting 800-555-7898. Well, Happy New Year, my friend. It's good to have you back here, Chuck. Well, thank you. And it's always good when Steve and Dawn are both in the studio. It's wonderful. Good to see you both. Happy New Year. Well, thank you. You know, New Year's is a time where a lot of us kind of take stock of what's going on in our life. We think maybe about making some changes. A lot of times it has to do with health, weight, things like that. Sometimes it's financial and people might be thinking, all right, we're going to do money better this year than we did last year. And as we head into this new year, we may have people thinking, I am going to get my finances in order this year. Help us think through some of the top most important stewardship principles we need to be thinking about if that is one of the things that we have determined we're going to get right this year. Steve, as I think about uh, how to start off the year right with great uh, attitude and motives towards money, I think that it starts with being grateful. And we're the richest people in the history of the world. Do you, do you ever think about that? Like, wow. this yeah. has never happened that, uh, you know, the average person can have refrigeration and uh, air conditioning and, and a car that uh, has got... Uh, you know, video and the headsets. I mean, it's nuts how affluent we are. And yet we find ourselves sometimes complaining or sometimes feeling, uh, you know, we don't have enough as everybody else. So it just helps to start with saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this incredible comfort. Thank you for the peace that we have. Thank you that we have so much freedom and and we can achieve whatever it is in uh, that you put on our heart because You've made that possible. Uh, we are incredibly blessed people, Steve. So that's number one for me. Yeah, that's, that is important. With Thanksgiving, he always instructs us with that. With Thanksgiving, come to me. And, and we do have so much to be thankful for. The creature comforts that you mentioned. And then he calls us to some generous living and to be able to share with others, to share. And I, I wonder, Chuck, have we kind of lost that sense of what's mine is yours? <laughs> <laughs> or is it just well, what's mine is mine? Yeah, that's a great point, uh, Don. I think that, you know, it's easy to get possessive. And what we forget is just how temporal this is. We are we are like the hourglass. You know, our sand is dribbling through that little narrow uh, middle every day. We're, there's less of us here every day once you get started. The beautiful part of that hourglass is it's being put back together on the other side. We'll be whole <laughs> when we're when we've left here. So a lot of times we're fearful of giving what we think is ours. We forget that we're just, you know, we're just a vapor. We're a shadow. And so I think recognizing that our lives, this is not our home, we can be far more generous. And that's a a great uh, way to orient your new years. Like set a goal. How can I do more this year than I did last year? That's one of the areas very few people set a goal to get better in than the previous year. They may say, oh, I want to have less debt. I want to have more savings. But they usually don't say, I want to give 20%. I only have been giving 10. You know, how about we stretch up to 15 or really move forward in generosity? So it's a great tip, Don. Love the idea of thinking about our money in a sense kind of more holistically, like you're talking about, Chuck. Yes, giving, saving, all, all those types of things. And one of the things that I know that you have done and you've written about recently in a blog is as we think about our stewardship, 
you say one of the things we can look at is our not only our money, but our motives and our management of that. And you've got some great questions for us to consider as we think about what we're going to do different with our money this year. Um, give us a couple ideas, big questions that we might want to start asking ourselves in addition to how might our giving change as we think about handling money this year. Yeah, Steve, I, I like to ask people, uh, are you living beneath your means? And can you do better living beneath your means? If you think about a limbo bar and you're trying to get under that bar and your nose is scraping the, you know, the bar and about to knock it off, you're living on the financial edge. Your stress is going to be high, uh, anxiety constantly. And so the lower you can get beneath that bar, and that bar represents uh, your spending. If you're, well, it could be represent your income and your spending has to be beneath it. And if you're very comfortably beneath that bar, there's going to be a lot of great uh, margin and peace and opportunities for you. So that's the number one uh, thing to evaluate in the new year. Can I do better? Can I reduce some expenses? Can I get rid of some of those subscriptions that I maybe have forgot about, uh, those streaming services that I don't need anymore? I'd have to tell you a funny story about something that happened to me that saved me a lot of money on streaming services. Uh, but the, the, I think that's the beginning. And then I think you have to ask, uh, can I save more this year in order to be prepared for more inflation, more turbulence? Uh, people are thinking this is going to be a, a, a potentially a big recession this year. Of course, they've been saying that for five years. But I think saving is uh, very important. And then being on the same page with your spouse. Uh, we can talk about that more, but that unity is just priceless to us. Yeah. Well, Chuck Bentley is uh, joining us this morning, and he is with Crown. We want to connect you with them. So did, will we put the link on the Facebook page? We absolutely will. We will grab it and get it there. If you're on Facebook, you're looking for Don and Steve in the morning more with Chuck Bentley coming up. Chuck Bentley, Crown, Crown Financial with us, and crown.org is how you get more information about what we're talking about. And we'll get it to our Facebook page as well. Don and Steve in the morning as we look at all of the financial things we might consider so that we have a better 2024 than maybe we had uh, in our financial picture for 2023. I know, Chuck, that credit card debt is one of those heavy heavy things. We didn't mean to get here and now we find ourselves drowning. What can we do to to navigate this world of debt? Talk about how big of a problem it's come become, Don, because 50% of credit card holders are carrying a balance, meaning they're not paying it off every month. And those typically carry a balance for more than a year, which means they're paying 21% interest uh, if you pay 21% interest to make minimum payments, you're going to take 17 to 20 years to pay off one credit card. Wow. And uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's a form of financial bondage that uh, becomes uh, a trap. I was reading something by Mark Batterson about the new year, and he said, Pastor Batterson said, show me your habits and I'll show you your future. And so your financial habits can set you on a course towards a deeper and deeper hole that just is horrible to, and difficult to get out of, or small habits can set you on a path of freedom. And so I would recommend if you're carrying a balance on credit card debt, make a goal this year to pay off at least one. You can use the avalanche method, the snowball method. You can use the balance transfer to a 0% credit card, 
Whatever you choose to do, set that goal, make small steps of progress every day and get rid of it and don't go back. I haven't carried a credit card balance. Now, uh, this is going to sound like I'm bragging about myself, but I did for years. I was terrible. I carried credit card balances for years. And when I finally decided not to, and Ann and I paid them off, I think it's been 30 years since we've had a balance. We've never had a late payment. We get all of the benefits of carrying that credit card. We, we choose uh, Sky Miles for travel. Uh, and it really doesn't cost us anything. So I hope I made my point. Yeah. And for the person who is feeling that weight, feeling like they are underwater with that, and they think, I, all right, I hear you say small steps, but what do you think, Chuck, is maybe some of those first small steps to take? Well, stop using it. <laughs> Just <laughs> That's good put one. it away. Yeah. Put it away. Put it in a Ziploc baggie and hide it from yourself. And say, okay, it's a credit, it, it's a it's a savings account for many people. It's their safety net. And so I understand the fear. <clears throat> but let's say you've got a five thousand dollar balance. If in three months from now you only have a four thousand dollar balance, you're finally making progress. And you just keep repeating it. You just keep repeating the small steps, whether it's fifty dollars, a hundred dollars towards paying off the, the principal not just a minimum payment, but making progress to get rid of that. You can pay the highest interest rate first, that's the avalanche method, or you can pay the lowest balance off first, that's the snowball method. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you revisited those so that we can be reminded what those two methods are. And I know that over this past year, you've had one biblical financial truth, or several, but a biblical financial truth that's kind of carried you through. Can you share that with us? Well, Ann and I are reminded every day that God owns everything. Uh, we think we own our car, our home, our you know our investments. We think it's all ours. But our mindset, uh, because it's what God teaches us, is that it is not yours. You are a temporary manager, and you're managing not for your own benefit or just to finish you know with a great retirement and be comfortable the rest of your life but to please the master who provided you those things. We get the joy of serving him. And Don, I really believe it's the best way to live is to live with the idea that this, I don't have, this is not mine. It's his, and I'm certainly leaving it behind. You know, I always remind people that uh, we learn in Job, we came in naked, we leave naked. And you know, that there's no pockets on naked. You're not taking it with you. <laughs> And uh, you need to be thinking differently that it isn't about a happy retirement. It isn't about how wonderful you can make your life with money. It's about how faithful you can be to the one who's provided you everything. That's a, such a, a good reminder, and that is going to be a mind shift for some people because culture and everything else telling us how important it is for us to take care of ourselves and there is an element of personal responsibility as we handle our, our money here. But, Chuck, is there maybe a passage, a principle, something that as you began to put a lot of these practices in your life many, many years ago, something that you kind of kept remembering, your, uh, telling yeah. yourself all the time? Yeah, Luke 16, 10 and 11, if you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with much. And so faithfulness means you do what you say you'll do. You, you commit and you stay after it and you're true, you're sincere, you're authentic. And God says, be, be faithful with whatever little you have. Stop complaining about that you don't have enough. You haven't won the lottery. 
you're not a billionaire. You're not making the news. You know, you're not a big deal. Be faithful with whatever you have and watch what God will do to add to faithfulness. And it's been the story of our lives, Steve. We we just started under the pile with debt and all the the anxiety that went with that. And now God set us free. Love that. And, you know, Chuck and Crown want to help you get free as well and live in that way that we've been talking about this morning, the freedom, the generosity at managing God's gifts to you in a way that would be honoring to him. And so maybe you're looking for some help in that area. We want to encourage you to connect with Crown and with Chuck, and you can go directly to crown.org. That's crown.org. We'll link you through the Facebook page, Don Steve in the Morning. And we're glad you're with us on this Friday morning. You know, one of the things, as we were talking a little bit earlier this morning about streaming services and the hate of commercials, and I get that. Yes. One of the things now that football season is over, at least college football, and we're into the playoffs, we don't have too many more weeks, I'm hoping, where I see commercials for sports betting. Yeah. It seems like I am seeing more and more commercials and hearing more on the radio, if I'm listening to Sports Talk Radio, all about sports betting. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think is really sad about that is you look at some of the statistics is you have people entering that world at a younger and younger age because mm-hmm. with the online platforms now and the apps and the ability to create accounts and get involved in uh, sports betting, kids are doing it at younger and younger ages yeah. all the time and finding themselves trapped in this world and getting this the, losing what little they do have and uh, setting themselves up for a real, real tough battle. Oh, I, yeah. You know, it used to be that you were an adult, you were, what, 21, you had to go to a certain place, or if you did a side bet on the golf course or something like that, but you were still in the adult world and developmentally. Maybe you had a bookie, but you had to call him on the phone, you had to do these things, right? And you had to find a guy who knew a guy who, whatever. (laughs) Now it's just right there at your fingertips. You had to make choices to go down that road, and now you're right. You don't really even have to make a choice, if you think about it, because we're so prone to do things on our phones. It's like, oh, well, that sounds like fun. Let me get involved in that. And before you know it, you're in a world of hurt. And and spiritually speaking, I mean, it just beats you up. Yeah. And your conscience becomes seared. I mean, all kinds of things happen when we go down those roads and bring ourselves a lot of damage. Oh, I remember a number of years ago, I was uh, part of a church and this church was one that sometimes pastors who had fallen for one reason or another mm-hmm. would come for just the season of healing and rehabilitation and learning to fight sin and, and all of those kind of things with the goal that one day maybe they might be able to be restored to ministry. Mm-hmm. And one of the pastors um, who got up one Sunday and gave his testimony was talking about how he fell into this world of online um, betting, gambling. Oh, wow. Accidentally, kind of. Sure. He was going to actually preach a sermon on the dangers of gambling. And so he thought, I'm going to do a little investigation, see how easy this is. So he jumps online. He places a bet just to see Mm -hmm. what the whole process is like. So he's going to make part of his sermon illustration. Months, if not a few years down the road, he has to leave the ministry because he'd been gambling with church money. He found found it so addictive that ended up having to step out of the ministry for a season, thankfully, he was able to go through a healing process, battle sin, get victory, and, and was eventually restored to ministry. But 
man, that was just this really sober warning mm-hmm. of how we can find ourselves in places we never thought we would go. And then, boy, now what do I do once I've, I'm there? I think part of that is we learn to fight sin and engage in that battle, hopefully sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that is, it is active battle. Yeah. It's not passive. I, I think because we're so inundated with entertainment and things like that, actively battling our sin may have taken a little bit of a back burner position in our lives and reengaging in that battle. The word of God is going to help us do that. The spirit of God, he is in us if we know him and he will certainly rise to the occasion. And then we have our part in this. And when we start to recognize it, and that may be the first step, Lord, where is the sin in my life? Mm-hmm. I, I'm so desensitized to these things and you know because I want to do it I decide it's okay I was where was I listening it may have even been our conversation with Brent Hansen yesterday it's like just because it becomes legal does not make it right sure just because I want to do this and you know I can find a loophole or I decide I don't want to pay attention to that part of the Bible that does not change anything in the spiritual battle of things we are still accountable to that we are and you know you bring up that point of just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right i'm how many times do we see things in culture change mm-hmm. culture used to say this was not okay it has changed it now says it is okay i have those conversations with my kids all the time most of it right now has to do with who you love and sexual identity and gender and all these things because culture has changed so much there but just because something is legal doesn't mean it is good right right and we can find ourselves being tempted to think well it's okay i mean i can do this legally so it must be okay i'm not going to go to jail right so it must be okay the desensitization to sin is just mind-boggling and we're all we all fall prey to this because there is something that you have learned to say it's not that bad Mm -hmm. compared to it's not that bad and yet you go back to scripture and you go oh you lord are saying no you've either replaced your affections for me with a b or c or it really is on the list of that bad how do you fight sin how how do you do that? What is your battle plan? How do you engage in the fight? 800-555-7898. That's the number. You can text. You can call to join the conversation, fighting, sin, engaging in the battle. 800-555-7898. You're listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. Yeah, sin enters into the life just by our very nature. Our human nature comes with this sinful condition, which is why Christ came so that we could be forgiven, so he could cover our sin with his righteousness. Like, he never sinned. So when he went to the cross, we you may know the story, but you may not. You may not realize that he took your sin with him on the cross, and, and he paid the penalty, which is death. The mm-hmm. penalty for sin is death. And so when we accept that, that forgiveness, that grace that he extends to us through Jesus, we realize, wait a minute, my sin nature didn't go away. Like I've been forgiven. I understand in eternity, as God looks at me, he sees his son now, but I still struggle with sin. What's up with that? Well, that sin nature 
does not die easy. Nope. Right? And I think there's a reason that the language of Scripture is that we are to put to death or crucify the flesh. If you think about the crucifixion, that was not a quick death. That wasn't no. guillotine, right? Where just like that, the the suffering is over. Right. Crucifixion is slow. It's true. It's painful. It's agony. And that uh, person on the cross does not want to be on that cross or stay on that cross. So the sin nature is going to want to fight back. Yeah. And it is going to want to fight for life. And it is going to want to, well, it, it's hard to... Uh, you know, engage in that battle because that enemy does not die quickly. Sure. And so if we're going to engage in the battle, we have to understand that it's going to be a long-term battle. It's not just a, a one-time little skirmish, and then we have complete victory over that. So how do we engage in that battle? And I think one of the biggest things is to recognize the fact that that sin, whatever it is, has become an idol in our life. Hmm. There is a reason that we want that thing, whether it's pornography or gambling or a substance, alcohol, drugs, whatever that food. thing is, food, yeah. whatever that is, it's given us something. There's a payoff of some sort that we like, at least temporarily, that, that we want to have that experience because it brings pleasure for a moment. And so when we recognize the fact that that little pleasure that I have for a moment has become an idol in my life, then we can say, okay, I recognize the idolatry of this. I'm going to do battle against that idol. And how do we battle against an idol? We put Christ in his rightful place. That, yes. We fall more in love with him. And very often we end up in that battle or in that addiction because in one sense, we've chosen to worship whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. We've worshiped our way into the gambling addiction or the drug addiction or the whatever addiction that is. And we need to worship our way back out, I think. Recognizing those truths right there is such the first step because denial is what we're, where we love to live. Denial land. No, it's not. I don't have idols in my life. What about all the time and money and effort we spend chasing after? Okay, then recognizing Whatever, yeah. there, yes. Yeah. So worshiping our way into that situation and then changing our affections to the Lord and worshiping our way out. And Karen, I totally, totally get this. Like when you're staying in God's word daily, then he is helping you fight that sin battle. And you listen all day long to worship music and Christian podcasts and programs like the morning show here and putting on that armor that we're taught to put on mm -hmm. in Ephesians. That's so, so very critical. And then the accountability. That piece I find the most challenging and yet probably the most necessary because you have someone in your life that says, hey, how's that going? Yeah. And, and when you have to, it's almost like looking in the mirror. I mean, you can look in the mirror and go, okay, peace out. But you can't look at that human being. I guess you could lie. But then you're just adding insult to injury, right? Uh, but that accountability partner that you trust, yeah. having them in your life and giving them the permission to speak. Well, hopefully you have someone like that in your life. And I, I really think one of the greatest prayers that we could pray, if this is a thing that we are struggling with, is, Lord, help me to hate my sin more. Mm -hmm. Help me to love you more than I do. 
And I think as we redirect our thoughts and our minds and as we pray prayers along those lines, we can engage well in that battle against sin. Begin to rack up some victories.